welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast. We are coming at you with the second part of our murder mystery, murder in the movie theater, I think it's called. So if you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and do that or else you will be very confused. However, if you want to be confused, awesome. Please keep on listening. We were confused too. So we're in the same boat. So I hope you enjoy. Who's next? I mean, I guess I can read. I'm, I glimpsed from the, this, newspaper thing that this person is the person who found our victim oh so we have katie ash here she is the uh works as the at the concession stand at the theater um so of course detective baker is interviewing her so (laughs) he only did half his job (laughs) then gave us the latitude and longitude to figure out his password. password But I guess it is kind of better than just straight up writing out the password in case anybody takes it. But I figured it out in two seconds, so I don't think that's the best way to go about <laughs> these things. All right. This is Detective Alex Baker. Time is now 9.49 a.m. Wow, this interview did not last long. Time is now 9.49 a.m. on Sunday, November 1st, 2015. We are in the house of the interviewee at 105 4th Street. Please state your name and occupation. Katie Ash, I work at the concession stand at Hodgins Theater. Thank you. Now, can you describe the events leading up to the discovery of Mr. Hodgins' body? It was the day of the Halloween Horror Fest. On a normal day, Mr. Hodgins would spend most of the day working in his office, but the Horror Fest was a special occasion, and he'd spend more time in the lobby interacting with the patrons. So what happened that day? I got to work at 8. We open at 9, but there's a lot of work to get the theater ready. Of course, aside from the usual stuff, making sure everything was clean and getting all the food machines ready, we had to dress up in costumes. Was Mr. Hodgins there? Yeah, he always got there before us. I saw him briefly in the morning. Of course, when everyone started arriving for the horror fest, he was there to greet everyone. He was dressed up as Dracula, with the cape and the fangs, doing the voice and everything. I mean, it was hammy, but it was fun. His enthusiasm was infectious, you know? Was this year's horror fest any different from previous years? Nope. He was always dressed up and put on a show. Halloween was Mr. Hodgins favorite day of the year. He loved it more than Christmas. He loved horror films, so it basically gave him the chance to indulge in his love for them. The horror fest was his baby. Yes, it had started when his dad was running the theater, but it was his idea. He loved to play MC, dress up in costume, welcome everyone, introduce each movie with a little speech, etc. Dracula was the first film that day, right? Yep, he went into the auditorium to introduce it and then came out to change into his Frankenstein costume. When Dracula was finished, he'd come back into the lobby to welcome everyone arriving for Frankenstein. (coughs) And he did his little welcome speech before the film started. That was his routine for the day, and so it went. Do you know what he said in those little introductory speeches? No, I wasn't allowed to leave the concession stand. Whenever he told a joke, I could hear the audience laugh. Screen 2 isn't well soundproofed, so we can often hear what's happening in there. Not very well. It's very muffled, of course, but still. Especially in the break room, which is right next to Screen 2. Like, during Psycho, you know that bit where the woman in the shower gets stabbed to death? Vaguely. Well, I was in the break room at the time, and we heard a couple people screaming. And the music, the screeching violins, we could hear that, too. When was that? Well, we took our 30-minute break at 7.30 p.m., and we heard that about halfway through our break, so 7.45-ish, I'd say, maybe a little after. Which would be the time that the murder happened. 
You say we. Who else was there? Matt and Zill. They were having a big discussion about the Seahawks. Zill? It's short for Godzilla. I'm sorry. I don't know his real name. It's a nickname that we started before I began working at Hodgson's. So I don't know how it started. And Godzilla is quite long. So we'll say Zill instead. Uh-huh. So did anything out of the ordinary happen during the afternoon? I remember noticing someone had propped the rear fire door open. Normally it slammed shut, but someone had stuck a paint can in the doorway. Were there any suspicious people in the theater that night? Anyone acting strange? Anyone you never saw before? None that I can remember, but then a lot of people were in costume with masks to get half price tickets, so there could have been, or maybe not. I don't know. When did you last see Mr. Hodgson? He introduced Psycho dressed as Alfred Hitchcock in a fat suit and a bald cap then left to go back to his office. When it ended and he wasn't in the lobby, we wondered where he was. We thought maybe he hadn't realized the movie was over, so I went to his office to go and get him. What time was this? 8.50 or so, maybe a couple of minutes after. Was there anyone else in the office with him when you went in? Not that I can remember. All I remember is... Oh God, it was horrible. Please, take as much time as you need. No, no, it's okay. How long before you called the police? I didn't. I was so shocked and scared, I ran back to the lobby. I could barely speak, so Carla did it for me. But it couldn't have been more than a couple of minutes. I don't know, three maybe? Just one more question. Did anything about Mr. Hodgson's behavior seem odd that day? No, he seemed the same as he had done with the previous year's horror fest. Maybe a bit agitated. But I think that was the stress of making sure the horror fest was a success. Okay, thank you, Miss Ash. No further questions. Anything more you wish to add? Nothing springs to mind. Well, if anything does, you know where we are. Interview concluded at 10.01 a.m. Well, the murder happened at the same time that the psycho screams happened. So they might not have... Yeah. Heard an altercation. He was... Was he dressed up at Frankenstein at one point? Yes. Yes. Okay. Earlier in the night? Yes. yes. Early. So did someone take that costume? Yeah. Uh, no. The fire escape door is propped open. Yep. With a paint can. And did she leave the body after finding it? Yes. Yes. She ran down to the lobby. Uh, didn't say anything about any other observations she made? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm wondering about the safe at that point. I'm going to double check real quick, but I, I don't, don't think, think so. anything. Yeah, she's, he was like, she went to the office to get him. He asked what, the, he said, she said around 8.50. Um, he's like, when did you call the police? She's like, I didn't. I ran back to the lobby and could barely speak. And then someone did it for her. That was all, all she said. Someone did? Carla. It says Carla called the police. Okay. Okay, I have a interview by Adam Polk. He is a web designer. He's also the cousin of our victim. So Baker goes through his spiel. It is currently 7.38 p.m. on Sunday, November 1st. Now wait, Baker says, the victim was a cousin of yours. Is that correct? Polk says, yes, that's correct. He was my mother's brother's son. Were the two of you close? Reasonably. He lived in Port Abel while I lived in Everett, so we only saw one another at family gatherings. Plus, there was a bit of an age gap as well. You no longer live in Everett, right? That's right. I moved down to Portland, Oregon about five years ago or so. 
So how familiar would you say you are with poor Abel? Well, my grandpa lived here, so we we visited a lot while I was growing up. That was Grandpa Hodgson. He was Chris's grandpa, too. Yes, I in- intuited that. Smartass. <laughs> Sounds like it. I used to love coming over because we'd always go to Hodgson Theater. We'd get in for free with free popcorn and cola, too. The perks of being a family member. Very cushy. <sighs> this man. I know. It was. Jumping ahead to the present. <laughs> Where were Jumping you? ahead to the present. <laughs> I don't care. Moving on. <laughs> Where were you last night on the night of the 31st of October? I was on my way to Van for a business trip. Van as in Vancouver, Canada? No. <laughs> a van. Yep. Did you stop at Port Abel on your way up? Yeah, it was a bit of a detour, but I thought I'd say hi to the Hodgson's. And how long did you say? About three quarters of an hour or so. What did you do? Saw Sheena, had coffee with her and Ron. I wanted to see Chris too, but he was busy with the Halloween hootin' nanny, or whatever it is. So I thought I'd catch him on the way back. And then you left poor Abel after that. Yep. What time would you say you reached the border then? Well, I reached Blaine, which is a town just south of the border, around 8 p.m.? My friend Robert lives there, so I dropped in to say hello to him. Oh, that's right. I remember pulling into his driveway exactly at 8.08 p.m. Because it kind of looks like Bob on my digital watch, which I found quite ironic, as that's his name. Wait, where where did he say he went? Blaine. Okay, I was wondering if it was on this map, and I don't see it. I stayed at his for a while, but got the call about Chris while I was there. So I put the trip on ice and did the hour's drive back to Port Abel to be with the family. Thank you, Mr. Pope. No further questions. Hopefully we haven't inter- interfered too much with your business trip. No, no, I had to be there tomorrow. I just thought I'd have a day to myself before. I'm sure I'll be back in time. It's not that far. And I'm glad to have helped. Anything more you wish to say? No, I don't think so. That concludes our interview. Time is now 7.44 p.m. I got nothing from that one. Like, nothing incriminating. I mean... It would be based off his trip. Yeah. But there's not really anything that says a lot about that. He said eight. He got there at eight. He only stayed at the theater. He doesn't say even what time he got to the theater. He just stays... says he stays there for like 45 minutes. Oh, wait. No, the same time we got to... We got to his friends at 8.08. So, backtracking from 8 o'clock, 45 minutes, he left at 7.25. No, wait, wait. He stayed at the... Well, we don't know how long of a drive is. I know, that's the, that's the point I'm trying to make is yeah. that we don't know how long of a drive it and is. Blaine's not on the map? No, it's not. This is the record of interview for Sheena Hodgson Marks with Detective Baker. This is Detective Alex Baker. Time is now 10.29 a.m. on Sunday, November 1st, 2015. We are in Port Abel Police Department interview room A. Please state your name and occupation. My name is Sheena Hodgson Marks. I'm a property developer, proprietor of Phoenix Gate Enterprise. Thank you. The victim was your brother. Is that correct? That is correct. Were you close? What's that got to do with anything? That's a no. I know. 
Answer the question, please. All right, we weren't especially close. Not that we hated each other, but I suppose it wasn't an especially warm relationship either. What were your feelings towards your family's movie theater? Frankly, I never understood the appeal. So you weren't jealous that your father gave control of it over to Chris then? Of course not. That claptrap should have been bulldozed years ago. Claptrap? <laughs> yeah. I would call something else a claptrap. Yeah. <laughs> Usually something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Strip club. Yeah. Some would argue it's... His- it's mm, Some would argue it's historically important. Others would argue it's getting in the way that the land isn't being used to its full potential. What would you say is the land's full potential then? Well, I've always thought it'd be a great spot for a condo building. It's right by the waterfront. The views would be excellent. We're definitely going to have to read the newspaper after this. Yeah. Because <laughs> one of the titles is Condo No-Go. Yeah. <laughs> Detective Baker. Condominiums? Like the sort Phoenix Gate sells? Wait. You don't think... This is outrageous. I admit I might not have liked my brother, but I wouldn't, wouldn't ever dream of killing him. Yes or no, Mrs. Hodgson Marks, ever thought about demolishing the Hodgson Theater to make way for our condo building? I don't have to answer that if I don't want to. I have the right to remain silent. Indeed you do. I wasn't even in town when he was killed. Yes, well, we're looking into that. It's true. Ask my husband Ron, Ronald Marks, or ask my friend Sophie Taylor. Ooh, Miss S. Taylor. They'll both tell you, ma'am, we're looking into it. Thank you, Mrs. Hodgson Marks. No further. This is preposterous. I'm not a murderer. Thank you, Mrs. Hodgson Marks. No further questions. Anything more you wish to say? You're making a big mistake. I'll have your job for this. Interview concluded. Time is now 10.34 a.m. Baker has met his match. <laughs> I, I assume. I don't know. Do you fancy coming over to San Juan at some point? Yeah, that'd be great. I think Ron's been itching to have one last trip before winter sets in. Yeah, uh, Sheena and Ron are, I think. Cool, you free tomorrow? Weather's meant to be nice. Yeah, should be free. One sec, let me just double check Ron's not doing anything. Tomorrow works for us. Great, we shall meet, or shall we meet at Friday harbor at 12 sounds like a plan that's definitely a fake text i'm only gonna read part of the art part of the article that talks about the murder um the main things it mentioned is that katie ash is the one who discovered the victim she discovered him after the screening of psycho which was already mentioned in her interview so they uh um, canceled the screening of The Shining, which I think was the last movie to show. Um, says Chris had taken over the running of the Hodgson Theater from his father in 1995. The movie theater has been in the ownership of the Hodgson family since its founding in 1927. Um, Chris is the fourth owner. He had no children. It is unknown whether this pattern will continue pending the reading of his will at a later date. The theater is expected to remain closed until police have finished their investigation, but staff and poor able public have stated they'd like to see it open as soon as possible. And then there's the condo part, and I think we should read the entire thing on it. (laughs) Just because, you know, condominiums and her. (laughs) Also, it's a lot shorter than the other one. It is just over seven years since the historic night that two 
planning applications that would have seen poor Abel's stadium ripped apart and transformed into apartments was unanimous, unanimously refused. Developers spent the best part of two and a half years refining their application to turn the former Northwest Wanderers ground into a 200-room apartment building. It was an application that local regulators had recommended for approval, but the subsequent backlash from fans who slammed the proposal was something to behold. After dramatic debate ending in legal proceedings, both applications were rejected on the grounds that the loss of the Wanderer Stadium outweighed the benefits of the development. Now, applicants, Phoenix Gate, have thrown in the towel and the stadium grounds are set up for sale once again, at less than a quarter of the price paid just a decade ago. A spokeswoman from the company told the Echo this week, Our plans and appeals to improve the town and bring more residents into the local economy have been refused time and time again. I wonder if this is Sheena. (laughs) The project costs have become an an insurmountable problem for us, but perhaps a larger firm will have better results. We asked property specialist Tim Lodge his thoughts on the purchase opportunity. He responded, given that the purchasers had no luck whatsoever, even when their subsequent scaled-back proposals... No one in their right mind would spend a dime on the site. It's uh, covered in red tape now and will likely remain a stadium until the second coming or until the Wanderers can put together a team that gamers even an ounce of respect from a... garters even an ounce of respect from a sizable investor. I'm still trying to figure out who Miss S is. We already said the name. Sophie. Yeah. Sophie who? Taylor. Taylor. Um, when? <laughs> In this interview, it just read with Sheena. Or ask my friend Sophie Taylor. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. This is November 1st, and we already read interviews from that date. Oh, it's a video. Hello, the news. So at this point, we listen to the newscast, and... Lots of irrelevant information, but also lots of very relevant information. Oh, on the video, what time was the tour? What was the name of the dude who um, said yep. that they, he changed his name potentially? Um, Samuel. Funny. A Samuel poltergeist on this sheet. Well, yeah, because he was complaining about not getting to see poltergeist in that letter. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Well, it has his name on here, passport number, and car registration number, and time on here for the Border Patrol. Leaving leaving the U.S. This is October 31st, 2015, 1930. Okay, the book log for the whale-watching tour gives the customer name and the number of people that are with them and the area they're going. Okay. Is uh, Sophie or Sheena on there? 12 o'clock? We have a... No, none of these are at that time. We have a Scott, a Colpus, a Stevenson, a Powell, and then the one on November 1st was canceled. So it doesn't have a name. Did it say in their text message that they were going... They said tomorrow, and it was the 30th. Okay, there's three on the 30th, one on the 31st, and one on November 1st, and that was canceled. The one on the 31st is under Powell, and it says number of people, one. Either that or they're the cancellation that was on November 1st because it says three people. Why would they say the 31st and then do the 1st? Or it's Stevenson uh, under the Stevenson name on the 30th because it says three people as well. I don't know how Stevenson 
would relate though. Okay. Coast Watch reports from the 31st. On the afternoon of October 31st, boat Wayward Spirit was approached by Coast Watch agent Kyle Cooper in patrol boat 12 off the coast of San Juan Island. The boat is meant to be used for orca watching tours, but there were no tourists on the boat despite the sunny day with calm waters. There have been suspicions over the years that Wayward Spirit is used to smuggle drugs between Canada and the U.S. I had them dock at the Roach Harbor for inspection but couldn't find anything. When asked what they were doing, they said they were going to do some fishing. While I remained suspicious, suspicious, I couldn't find any evidence of wrongdoing, so I sent them on their way. It was a drug boat. It doesn't say what time. But. Okay, and the other one is a Coast Watch communication report. Record of communication on the 31st at approximately 1849. What time is that? 649. 649? Yeah. Big G to Wayward Spirit. Where are you guys? Over. Wayward Spirit, Big G, calm down. We're on our way. We got pulled over. He didn't find anything, though. Over. Okay, when do you think you'll arrive? I've left the back door open for you. Over. Hard to say. Should be pretty quick. The water's pretty calm. I reckon we'll be able to make it there for the usual time. Your boss isn't giving you any trouble, is he? Over. Yes, actually. But not about this. But he's did say the other day he wanted a bigger cut. Over. What? But he doesn't do anything. Over. Exactly. That's what we pay him to do. Over. Tell him he's paid enough as this. Any more and we won't have enough for ourselves. Over. I know. I tried to argue with him, but he wouldn't listen to me. Over. Well, how about I get Louie to swing by his office? He's particularly good at being persuasive. Over. Bye by me. Out. Drug boats? Um, who's on the drug boats? The boss... Of whoever. Okay, who were they talking to? Big G, that's old man. What's his name? Godfrey. Godfrey. The person talking, I'm guessing, is uh, Tomoko. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. That or who? Well, they said they would sick Louie on them. Oh. The Samuel guy? Those are the only suspicious people I got out of mm. this. Where are we stopping? Uh, drugs are involved. We know that. Drugs are involved. Something about the condos. Maybe. condominiums it's suspicious that maybe that they try to get rid of him so that china business can take over that uh-huh. location which is there is a planning applications from the, her condominium place that she works for showing what what they have acquired what they've been refused and targets that they're going to try for there's also another interview on here but it's not like written text it's sound so um, there's information about the tours on here. We have the, about the the communicate the not the communications, but the telecom broadcast being cut short. I think that's supposed to be another indication that that happening of what time mm-hmm. this is all happening at, because it gives a schedule of the teams that are playing, the times that they are in the locations. We also have a map of the outage reports from Telecom Tech. And it all happened around 7.30. All of this mm-hmm. happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's also a bid thing on here, but I think that has to do with this. That we haven't read yet, so. Okay, I guess we'll continue this in the morning. Real quick, my two things are, what if the Frankenstein in the photo was just, like, a thief? St- stealing, like, money from the safe? Yeah, because... And had nothing to do with the murder? That's possible. Um, my other thing is... 
I need to look at the suspect interview of Adam whenever he talks about his friend Bob Roberts. Because there is a Bob mentioned in an article. I don't know if it actually has to do with anything. And I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I believe I fell asleep during that one. Yeah. Okay. This is during the end of the interview. Also, uh, I want to say this is the next day. We've gotten our murder board together. I wanted to place bets on who did it. But we're in the zone. So it may not happen. I'm not sure there's really a clear cut guess at this point. <laughs> there's no. not. That's the fun of it. <laughs> The only connection I have there is the name Bob. Like, there's nothing else that really adds to that. Well, there's... I don't think... I couldn't find... that. The map that comes with this doesn't have that location on it that he talks about in that interview. And I was trying to find out another map, but it's not on the other ones for this telecom outage either, so... But Bob was in the pumpkin carving contest, Bob Crane. Mm-hmm. And he was complaining about being the runner-up again. And then his pumpkin is like... A jail cell with someone in it holding the bars. Interesting. Yeah. My other thing about the newspaper is that there's an article about Wally's Diner reopening. And the owner talks about how he, like, refurbished it to kind of fit in with some modern times. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of something that was discussed a little bit with the movie theater, how it wasn't really fitting in with modern. modern. They were playing all the older classics Mm -hmm. instead of anything new. Yeah. I don't know how either of those things actually fit. Well, if it's that is hinting at anything, it could be two people if that's supposed to hint at more modern things. Uh, Sheena and Samuel. Because oh, he was yeah. like, why didn't you play the 1982 Poltergeist? Yeah. All right, Reba. I had a question for Caitlin when we, or I didn't have a question. I kind of said it. So the drug smuggling. I could have made this up in my head, but weren't they smuggling drugs to Canada? Into Canada. I'm assuming it was into Canada. I don't know if there was ever a specified location. If it was, it was in that recording, and I don't remember. Yeah, we might have to re-listen to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... I know there's... I've, we, I mean, we've established there is drug smuggling. I just didn't know yeah. where. Because we were <laughs> talking about uh, Hulk, and she was like, well, there's not really much on him. And I was like, other than the fact that he goes to Vancouver... <laughs> and he calls it Van. And he calls it Van, which is hella suspicious. So he could be smuggling drugs for him, but I'm not sure. See, I kept dropping them in the floor last night, and now that's where our murder board is. So well, perfect for you. <laughs> it is. I just was subconsciously making a murder board. We still Unconsciously, have. too. <laughs> we still yes, have, I did uh... actually fall asleep during recording. Like, legitimately could not <laughs> hold my eyes open, fell asleep. There's also two other pieces of evidence we haven't read. Could have caught my snores. Hey, let's look at it. Well, the, this one is emails, even though it says webmail. It says RE old movie films. It says, and this is from Adam. It says, hello, Chris. It's a shame to hear this is the decision you've made, but fine. If it's that way, that's the way it's to be. I'll let it go. All the best, Adam. Adam, my mind is made up about this. This will be the last time I respond to this query because I'd just be repeating myself. The answer is no. I'm not parting with the collection for as long as I live. I know you might not understand my rationale for this, but the decision is final. Tell your collector friend to look elsewhere. Chris. There's another piece of evidence associated with this on on the computer, too. Mm. Chris, let's be real here. They're just old movies. You don't need to hold on to them, and I think Grandpa would want to see the family benefit from them rather than have them rot away. Seriously, take the money. You could put it into the theater. Keep the lights on for another couple of years. This opportunity is not going to last forever, Chris. Don't let it pass you by. Hi, Adam. Nice to hear from you. Hope things are all well down in Oregon. 
First of all, that film collection is one of my prized possessions, and I'm afraid that it was gifted to me, not to the family. I'm not parting with it, ever. Sorry, Adam, but it's not going to happen. Despite all that, do say if you're ever up this way. It would be nice to meet up. It's been too long. All the best. Chris. Hi, Chris. It's been a while. How are things back in Washington? Anyway, I want to ask you, do you still have the vintage film collection that the family inherited from Grandpa? I'm asking because I've met a collector here in Portland, and I think if we play our cards right, we could get a good price on them. I remember him saying there were some rare classics in there. We can split the money 50-50. What do you think? Send my love to your mom and Sheena. All the best. Adam. Split the money 50-50 and that, that la- place? That last email came on October 29th. Put that mm. on old Pokey Boy. So, I'm thinking old Pokey Boy got into that safe and got those old movies. So I'm thinking he's Frankenstein and his alibi is... Yeah. I mean, his alibi is a person and I never trust those. Well, we do have a a uh, picture of a bid quick profile, or not a profile, but a listing of classic film reels. There's the original vintage, the Birds Theater reel, condition unknown, unknown film theater reel, vintage, damaged, um, Dracula vintage film, early original theater reel, Frankenstein, Poltergeist vintage film reel, the cabinet of Dr. Calgary. And then it just says an unknown theater trailer reel. So Dracula and Frankenstein are in here. And the so birds. Poltergeist. The poltergeist is in it. And the birds, which is another Hitchcock film. What thing had the mention of Toby Hooper? Oh, uh, it was it was I his, said that and I know what I know what it is. Yeah. His his was, letter did. Yeah, Sam's. His letter did and he has a poltergeist uh his last name is Poltergeist in it. How much money is Poltergeist? Poltergeist is on a current bid of six fifty six thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and he was asking for five thousand. Five thousand. The Frankenstein reel is at fifteen thousand. The Dracula one is at two thousand. The only thing is, he's got an alibi. He's got he's got the border control um, list where he's leaving at the same time as the murder, and before the security camera. Sees a man walking out with a big bag, holding it with two hands. Okay, I'm gonna look at the this blog. This is called the Ghostman blog. So it's definitely Samuel. So October 23rd, White Organ decided to name a city Vancouver after Canada already had one. Confuses the hell out of me. So Oregon has a city called, called Vancouver. Vancouver, or maybe Canada named their city after the one in Oregon. Furthering my theory that only from a few days ago that they just want to make a make life hard for Americans. My point is there doesn't need to be three. One's enough. On a related note, if you're ever in Vancouver, Oregon, stop at Chuck's Cafe, Best Burger, blah, blah, blah. October 22nd, on a job down to Oregon, the burgers were to die for. Hey, he's talking a lot about food. Went to school with the guy who runs a company. Didn't like him, like him now. Last of butt fries. His mm. evil eyes. <laughs> it's that don't talk to me glare. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the blog. I'm going backwards. October 15th. Got the news, dear readers, that my name change has finally been approved by the government. Yep, it's so this Sam. Is Sam. Samuel. Many have said it's a stupid name, but I like it. He changed it to Poltergeist. I think it's a better name. It beats my old surname, which was dull and didn't mean anything. This surname is exciting, edgy, dangerous. <laughs> And it means a lot to me, as is the title of my all-time favorite film. October 3rd. <laughs> what day is it? October 3rd. Some Mean Girls quotes. 
Port Abel is where the dock for the ferry crossed into Vancouver Island. Confusingly, the city of Vancouver isn't on Vancouver Island. There's two different Vancouver's. Get the map. Get the map. Because that would make too much sense. I think those Canucks simply did not, or did it to confuse Americans because they had a sense of fun from it. However, Port Abel isn't much to write home about. But it's friendly enough that it's got bars and restaurants to stop at this place. I usually stopped out. It was closed for upgrades, so I went to a bar instead down the street. I met some guy who was playing chess for wagers. He seemed to think that I posed no threat because I was some dumb blue-collar slob. Okay, maybe I learned or leaned into that angle only because he was so sure of himself. He made a huge wager, and I didn't want to scare him off. You should have seen his face and the way it gradually turned as he realized what was going to happen. Naturally, I won, and he started trying to weasel out of it. Pathetic. Don't worry, readers. I'll make sure he pays up. October 2nd, the day before. That was chess. Put a wager on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't tic-tac-toe. <laughs> so, clearly this is Samuel. And the biggest thing, I think, is Vancouver Island. Which is not on the map. I didn't think it was, because there's not really anything useful on that map other than us getting the password. No, is there is. <sighs> But we're not to it yet, I don't guess, because it's the latitude and longitude, and it's got times and where it was, but I don't know what this is talking about at all. But we're not there yet, because I don't know what it's supposed to be for. Wait, is that for one of the boats? I was about to say, I think this is the map for the boat. We are casting the online stuff. This is Water Find Explore. Wait, what's the date on that map? It's October 31st. It goes between like 10 a.m. to... 7.57. Yeah. So right at the time of the murder. Or during Well, the- it tells you locations at those times. Yeah. So if this is... If they're on the boat and there's a communication report, this is record of communication on the boat on October 31st, approximately at 8.49. 18.49, I mean, sorry. On the afternoon of October 31st, the wayward boat was approached by Coast Watch Agent Kyle Cooper... Off San Juan Island. Okay, this is San Juan Island. Had them dock at Roche Harbor, so up here. Okay, so this is approximately around the time of the murder. Probably about 10 to 20 minutes before. But the record of communication says that they're not there at the movie theater. Because Big G is talking to Wayward Spirit. and He says, when are y'all coming over? I left the back door open for you. And... The thought is that that's Chimoko and what's his face? Godfrey. No. The the guy with her. Or like when she's gonna get Louie. Louie. I was like Leroy. Leroy. No. You keep saying Leroy. <laughs> so how the- about we get Louie to swing by his office? He's particularly good at being persuasive over. Fine mm-hmm. by me. So- what time is the this is, yeah, so that had to be Louie. I, I mean, I knew that whenever we were recording yesterday. I figured that one out pretty quick. So that he said the door was propped open, so that happened after drug smuggling. Who who else involved? Tomoko, Louie, Godfrey. Something sketchy with Vancouver. What Vancouver, we don't know. Yes, which has to deal with maybe Samuel, maybe Adam. I think we need to figure out alibis at this point. <laughs> Samuel Poltergeist has an alibi. A like pretty defined. Uh, yeah, I mean alibi. 
Border Patrol, you know. Polk's got a half-ass alibi. A person named Bob. person named Bob. Pulled in to reach Blaine south of the border around 8 p.m. There's some type of error going on because clearly he's talking to him before old dude kicked the bucket. Uh, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Louie is talking to Chris. Yes. Yeah. And this says it's approximately time after the murder of the communications report before Louie goes over there. So there's something wrong. Wait, when was the murder? It was between... 7 and 9.15. Yeah. This is 18.49, which is what? 7.49. We know from Katie that there was the screams from seeing Psycho around 7.45. Mm-hmm. Old dude walks out. One guy walks out of the movie theater at 7.56. So it could be Louie. We're not for sure. But... The time is off of this because that would mean they would have an alibi, but they don't. They are docked. It's so weird. They don't arrive on the dock until the time, the, the exact, or almost the exact same time that dude walks out from the back alley. So, that means Edo has an alibi. But she's, oh, she's with Louie in this, so there's something are wrong they? with the timeline. But is she actually with Louie? I thought Louie and Godfrey were together back back toward the town, and Ito's the only one on the boat, because there's only one singular person on the boat. I mean, she could just call up Louie and be like, hey, yeah, go see Chris. Like, Well, Taylor asked Sheena and her husband to come over to San Juan, which is on, on this here, this island. They said they're free on the 31st and asked to meet at the, har- the Friday Harbor at noon which is on this island away from Port Abel. So they're there at noon. Well, the this boat stops at Friday Harbor. It makes a stop at Friday Harbor. So it might be her alibi. Yeah. See, this is why I did the post-it note, so I could just rip them up if I need to. And it's around noon that the, the boat gets there. Okay, so... But the it does not get back... Until to poor Abel until seven fifty seven, so that might be her alibi. Yeah. All right. So have we done the detective interview with Callum O'Reilly? No. I love the name Callum. By the this way. Is Not what I imagined. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stop. I hate him even more. I didn't Stop. think I could hate that Stop. man anymore. Why does he have a, like, Boston, Boston, Boston accent, accent in the Northwest? <laughs> He's from Boston. His name is Alex Baker. <laughs> Why? And he's screaming at you the whole time. <laughs> like, I didn't think I could hate this man anymore. <laughs> well, we found it. No, no offense to the actor no. doing this, like, oh. what? Oh. I hope you got paid a lot of money to be this annoying. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. It's the same, it's the same the dude doing different voices. I realize that because whenever he goes into Alex, it's like still Irish a little bit. Then he drops it again. Yeah. He sounds like me when I attempt to go like to British and then it gets Irish and then yeah. it it's the same dude. 
This like is they terrible. Did, they, it's making me cringe so hard. They didn't even like get, give him a break and like kind of loop it. No, they were like, just do the whole thing front to back. One take wonder. Pause. So, Louis. What time was this? What he hasn't said yet. He said it's the evening. Of the 31st? Yes. <laughs> so, Louis and Democo are there. Should have seen the look on his face. Who's saying that? Like, he doesn't remember? I feel like there are two completely different voices happening. So, he's, he said one of them said. Yeah. So, it's uh, presumably Louie. It's presumably Louie at this he point. Was there. Well, I put it on Tomoko. And he put him in his place by doing the recording. Like, I don't know if it's anything. But they said that. getting rid of that pig. Yeah. I put the quote on Tomoko. I mean, getting rid of, I mean, it can mean kill, but also just like, they said put him in his place. See, but it's the getting rid getting of. Rid. Well, they getting him out of that picture. I mean, ah, uh, they would have said something like getting him under their thumb, or mm-hmm. I don't okay, know why I'm so reading into the linguistics. My of thought this. now is is that Samuel sent that note to the police, and in that that note was supposed to be the recording. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. That recording is obvious to us now as being Louie <coughs> and Chris speaking. <laughs> so that was Louis saying, uh, not Louis. That was Samuel saying, it's not me. Yeah. Wait, Samuel sent that? Yes. Yes. How do we know that? Given the evidence. I mean, that's a different note down there. It's a note, and then it was sent along with this audio the recording. recording. But how do we know that, Samuel? Because he g- tells talks about Poltergeist and it being the best film ever made. No, that was a night note. Yeah, that was sent with the USB with the audio file. I thought there were two different notes. No. Oh. The, the envelope had no return address. But I thought this was to Chris. Oh, it doesn't have a return address, though. Okay. It was to Chris. But how did he get his hands on it to send it to the police? Oh, no, no, no. You're right. Yeah, You're right. Because, look, it said it... She flipped off of it, but it said... There was a note in an envelope that said it wasn't me with no return address, and then it had this USB stick. Like, we still don't know who sent that. Someone who had access to their recording, which, once again, would be presumably Louie, but I feel like this is too obvious. Yeah. It might be Tomoko. Okay, so... Telecom tech outage. This concludes... I can't even do a Boston accent. This concludes the end of... I don't think so. I can't with that. What's the times, my dude? This report was oh, captured 735. at 7.35. So they came into the bar around that time. So no, he wasn't dead at that point. No. So they did not get rid of that pig. Unless they sent someone else to do the dirty work. Yeah. Right, I guess I gotta write another alibi question mark for her. Okay, they came into the bar around 7.35 and stayed about an hour and a half. So, till about 9 o'clock. Which would be their alibi. Yeah, I've noticed at the ripe old age of 25 that I have to think if it's I before E or E before I on everything. And sometimes, except before C, does not always... I always do something wrong. Like, I have like um, after C, I mean. a phonics wall in my classroom... It has stuff like that on it. And every time we have the word thief, because that's like one of our spelling words, I have to look over there to figure out how to spell it. 
<laughs> I'm like, this is for the children and for me. Okay, so really we're looking for somebody who was there between seven and eight. Who was at the theater between seven and eight. Samuel was probably there. We have no evidence he wasn't. Samuel? Or not Samuel, sorry. Godfrey. I read both of them. Um, she doesn't necessarily have a definitive alibi until we can prove that that map, that uh, coastal record is for her. The only two... Who? Sheena. Sheena. And then Adam doesn't have an alibi other than Bob. So we got two that don't have alibis. It's like, Godfrey says he was there. Yeah, because he was working in the projection room. Godfrey was there. He propped the door open for Louie to get in and threaten Chris. Mm-hmm. But then Louie left and Tomoko came to the island. They went to the bar and they were celebrating. What exactly? Something. Putting um, Hodgson, Chris, in his place. place. Getting rid of that pig. Adam wanted these in, er, vintage movie reels. Mm-hmm. The safe was open and he doesn't have a definitive alibi. Yeah. I think it's like aiming towards Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what is he doing it for the movie reels? Like That's he wants the money. Like. Yeah, he wants the money from that. He wanted a 50-50 split when they're not mm-hmm. even his to begin with. Well, they're his family's. No, they're his grandfather's and he didn't get the business. Well, the business was given to Chris and then those reels were according to Chris gifted to Chris like those reels belong to him. Mm-hmm. But if you ask Adam, They're they, the were, families. they were the families. Okay, why would he kill him and take the movies when he could have just done one or the other? Because, I mean, if you kill him, he still might get the theater. Yeah. There's still a chance. No, because if he got the theater, it would go to Sheena. If he, if That's he, for sure. If he killed him. I mean, she's the closest I mean, can. Where were you last night on the night of the 31st? I was on my way to Van for a business trip. Van as in Vancouver, Canada. Yes. Did you stop in Port Abel on your way up? Said yes, it was a bit of a detour, but I thought I'd say hi. Says I stayed for about three quarters of an hour or so, so he stayed roughly 45 minutes. We don't know what time he got He there. said he saw Sheena, had a coffee with her and Ron. I wanted to see Chris too, but he was busy with the other stuff. I have to figure out where Sheena was to make sure because if she wasn't there, then that that's throws uh, it off. That automatically yeah. makes it him. Adam, we're in on she, it together. She says she wasn't close to her brother. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was like. Unless her and well, no, because Adam liked the movie and theater. Mm-hmm. Why would he give it to her when she was like, because, "I would bulldoze it down"? Because it was passed down from their grandfather to their father and then it went to Chris so she would be next in line to get it that was the reason she would have motive okay well if this part is correct like him reaching the border at 8 it says it takes an hour to get there which means he left his last name's Polk yes I already looked on there no border patrol his name's not on the border crossing list so he never crossed the border 
Mm-mm. It's just south of the border, the town he went to, though. But he was supposed to be going to Canada. He, he, just, he didn't cross into Canada yet. He said before he got the call saying that um, Chris was is, dead. He said after he met with Sheena, he left Port Abel. He said, I reached Blaine, which is the town just south of the border, at around 8 p.m. Who's Powell? That name keeps coming up. It's on the it's on the logs for the on the boat records. That's what it is. Boat records. Boat record? Yeah, like the the activity log, like where the wasp went. Oh. The name on the thing is Powell. And then Powell's right here at the border crossing the same day. Powell one. What time? There's a Kathy Powell at six fifty five. And then there's another Powell that's named Herb at 1801. So that would be 7 o'clock. Or 701. Or no, no. 6. 601, sorry. What is Sheena's maiden name now? Or, I mean, not maiden name. Marks. Her her last name's Marks. It's Hodgson Marks. Yeah, it's it's hyphenated. Okay, so it's not her. And we don't have a Powell anywhere? No, those are the only two times Powell's mentioned. I just find it weird that they couldn't come up with another name. Like, well, my thing is, is that if he said he got to Blaine around eight and it took an hour to get there, that means he left Port Abel at seven ish. It means he got to Port Abel originally around six fifteen because he mm-hmm. stayed forty five minutes. Well, this has to do. This piece of evidence has to do with Sheena because it's about the planning. Yeah, the condominium business. If I, it'll open. She um failed. Okay, so she's Phoenix Gate. Yeah. I don't know how this plays in. This schedule plays in. What's that? Can you Well, these are some of the matchup games. Oh, this is the games. Okay. In this condo no-go part, it says It is just over seven years since the historic night that two planning applications that would have been Port Abel's stadium ripped apart and transformed into apartments were unanimously refused. Developers spent the best part of two and a half years refining their application to turn the former Northwest Wanderers ground into a 200-room apartment. I was checking to see if my mic was on. (laughs) Honestly, I think this might just have another thing to do with the power, the outage, because, well, maybe the times are like 66666, and then it's like, 905, 925. But it's got ticket ticket dates. Yeah, I know. Is this possibly, you know, it wouldn't be for the betting because they bet on chess, right? Yeah. Yeah, these are tickets to games and their locations. So it's saying that somebody went to a, was possibly at a game. I think we need to watch this uh, news broadcast again. Probably. Anything new gathered? That the boat was out of commission that day. Did it not say Washington well watchers? They well watching boat. Yeah, it just. But given what it is, that might be why the other one was canceled on November 1st. Yeah. I think the most likely person still at him at this point. I just don't know how to prove it. <laughs> I guess it hints about either Sheena's whereabouts or Adam's. I think so, too. So, do we want to get a hint on Adams? Because they're sketch. 
Check his interview. Okay, we did that. Yeah, we did that. Bob was sketch. Where is it? I mean, I already wrote down that. Reasonably close. But, let's see. Lives in Portland. Well, he he might have said in his interview that he, he agreed that when he said Van, he meant Vancouver, Canada. But that might have been a lie. And meant the island that Samuel mentioned in his blog post. Which means it wouldn't have been that far away. Yeah. Most likely. I don't know if Sam said how far away that is from Port Abel because it's not on the map. Port Abel, a bit of a detour. Went to say hi to the Hodgson's. Stay for three quarters of an hour. Saw Sheena. Had coffee with her and Ron. Wanted to see Chris, but he was busy. See, if we use this map of Sheena's alibi, though, that she wasn't there. She wasn't in Port Abel. So he's lying. Yeah. But that's only if we consider that her alibi. alibi. Which we're not 100% on. Yeah. I mean, we could click hint two and see if that... See the map again. The rambliness and, like, very intense details whenever he's talking about going to Blaine. Yeah, that's... It's... Sketch. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's right. I remember pulling into his driveway at exactly 808 because that looks like Bob, which is his nickname. But we don't know where Blaine is, which yeah. bugs me. Give us hint, too. In his interview, he tells you that he was on his way to Canada. Compare it with another piece of evidence. Okay, I already did that, dude. So we... We've got... Samuels. Yeah. Is There's a Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he just says Van, and Baker's the one who screws up and is like, but, oh, Vancouver, Canada. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that one. All right, go to Sheena's alibi. We don't want the answer. We just want to figure it out. Oh, we had one more hint for him. I know. But it seems to be blatantly obvious that we already had it. Yeah. Okay. So there's two clues per. We want to do one. Yeah. Sheena's text messages, along with another piece of evidence, provides an alibi for someone. Where are her text messages? They're right here. It's her. The text messages we she has with Miss S. Taylor. She gets a a text from Sophie Taylor. Says, "Do you fancy coming over to San Juan at some point?" What is the other thing that ties to Sophie Taylor? The it was the extra piece of evidence online that says that the phone number changed. Why did her phone number change? Because the person who got got it wrote it wrong. He put in his ca- ca- however you Carop- say yeah potus yeah carapidus carapidus I don't know. Meet at Harbor Friday Harb in Friday yeah, Harbor Friday Harbor which is which is on which- here. Which is on there. So this is her. It says provides evidence or alibi for someone. someone. I mean, it could still mean her. They just don't want to say that, oh, it provides an alibi for her. That his car registration number, Samuel's, is Ghoul 355. It was really funny to me. It's really into Yeah, he really is into it, stuff. isn't he? Which I don't think you know that looking at him, but. <laughs> Since he's a stock photo. Hint to you? Sure. Focus on the place names and her text messages. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so San, San Juan and Har- Map. Just yes, her alibi. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this got us nowhere. Yeah, because we knew everything they gave us. It's got to be... It's Polk. It's got to be Adam. Yeah. 
but we don't have enough on Godfrey to rule him out. That's the problem. It was like a Godfrey stopping him. <laughs> because, like, Sheena's got an alibi. Tomoko and Louie have an alibi. He Samuel's has, got an alibi. He has three hints. All I got on Godfrey is he confirmed he was at the theater and that we think he's the one who propped the door open with the paint can. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay, look at, before we do these hints, look at um, the listings of those films again that were stolen. Or that were that were for sale. I don't think, I think this is Adam. I think Adam came and got them. I don't know if he was the one to kill him, but I think he came and got him. Because I think Godfrey was, he's too into this, like Chris is, to be... Mm-hmm. Godfrey's talking about like blackmail and shady business as if like he, he isn't just involved, <laughs> but he doesn't know. But he's involved. It's just a rumor going around, you know? Not that he's a part of it. You gotta do a lot of preparation to make sure it's all in the right order and it starts on time. You gotta stick about in case the film breaks. Stepped out for a break every now and again. Not supposed to leave when the film's going, but never been a problem. I know, he stepped out, so that's... Yeah. Okay, the only thing suspicious about this is that we thought Tomoko was on the boat by herself, and it sounds like that. He calls the boat the Wasp, which could be the wayward spirit. Those letters are in there. Yeah, but the thing is, is that this Coast Watch report, the guy says he... He says, I had them dock for inspection... When asked what they were doing, they said they were going to do some fishing. When was this? It doesn't give a time. It just says... Uh, what day? It was the 31st. It mm-hmm. says on the afternoon of October 31st. It doesn't specify a time. This is at 6.49 p.m. This conversation between Tomoko and Godfrey. Mm-hmm. I think Louie is actually on the boat with her. I thought so, too. But there's no proof. Well, she's the one that says... I reckon we'll be able to make it there for the usual time. Mm-hmm. Your, your boss isn't giving you any trouble, is he? And then she says, how about I get Louie to swing by his office? So I think that she, Louie's with her. Mm-hmm. We don't know what time that recording is, though, between Chris and who we presume to be Louie. Make sure to familiarize yourself. With the su- okay, yeah, never mind. We're just going to have to open multiple of these. Another interview provides information on Godfrey. Talked about him. That's a good question. It wasn't Polk. What did Ash? Uh, Tomoko. Well, it was interviews, wasn't it? Oh, is Godfrey the person they nicknamed Godzilla? Mm-hmm. Or maybe. Wait, who's talking about Godzilla? Katie, the girl Katie. who found him, found Chris dead. That works at the concession stand. What'd she say about Godzilla? I don't remember. She called him Zilla. Okay, well, let me back up a second. She said, we took our 30-minute break at 7.30 p.m., and we heard the people screaming during the Psycho movie about halfway through our break, so 7.45-ish. She said, maybe a little after. And so the detective asked, we, she says, Matt and Zill, they were having a big discussion about the Seahawks. She said, Zill is short for Godzilla. I don't know his real name. It's a nickname that started before I began working at Hodgson's. And Godzilla is quite long, so we just say Zill instead. So if Godzilla is Godfrey, mm-hmm. then he was with them during their break. At what time? 
around 7.45. 7.30 to 7.45. When the power outage happened. Yeah. Were the Seahawks playing? What? 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 Seattle. 9.25. So maybe they were talking about the game. It was in Minneapolis, which... Where's Minneapolis? Minnesota. What's the time zone? God bless. I think it'd be central. Yes. I think it'd be central time, 725. Even Mountain Standard, it's fun. During the game. So that's... The game's going on at the time of the murder. But that doesn't mean anything, really. They're just talking about the game. The last time he saw Mr. Hodgson, she saw Mr. Hodgson, he introduced Psycho dressed as Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock? She said that was 8.50. That's... She... The detective asked, when did you last see Mr. Hodgson? She said he introduced Psycho dressed as Alfred Hitchcock. And then he went back to his office. And when he asked what time this was, she says that's 8.50. That's not right. No, because it starts at 7. So that was 6.50. Maybe a typo? Nah. (laughs) There's no way that's a typo. I mean, she's not a suspect. No, but that establishes the last time that that he was seen was 6.50. Unless the movie didn't start on time, but that's like... Well, The Shining started, I think, at its correct time. She so it'd be last being seen at six fifty doesn't really. The screams happening around seven forty five, so it's definitely in the tight hour of the footage missing from six fifty to seven fifty. Yeah. Why does she say eight fifty? Is she in Central Time? Like her brain? (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. When did you last see Mister Hodgson? He introduced Psycho dressed as Alfred Hitchcock in a fat suit and bald cap, then left to go back to his office. When it ended and he wasn't in the lobby, we wondered where he was. We thought maybe he hadn't realized the movie was over, so I went to his office to go get him. What time was this? 8.50 or so? Maybe a couple minutes after? So she went to the office at 8.50. She discovered the body around 8.50. The uh, the only person without an alibi now, yeah, that was the last part. Is Adam? Godfrey is Godzilla. Yeah, Godfrey is Godzilla. That was confirmed. <laughs> I mean, he was talking about the game. All right, so we know who it is. Do we want to go ahead and say it? Okay, we know it's Adam. Why? For what the films. Makes us think that. So he did it for the films. Mm-hmm. Did he walk out as Frankenstein? I thought that happened before. No, that happened after, like after the murders, and he's holding a bag which could have the film reels in it. This is after the murder. Okay, in his interview, Adam tells you that he was on his way to Canada for a business meeting and that he stopped to see a friend on the way up. He then got a call about Chris before crossing the border. He is telling the truth about not crossing the border, which we did confirm, because his name doesn't appear in the border crossing log. Is there anything else in his interview that could act as an alibi? Is there anything else that could be... I mean, that's what he said was his alibi. Like, what else do they want? He said he stopped to see Sheena, but Sheena wasn't there. Oh, yeah. So him simply lying about that implicates him. Can we just solve? 
Let's solve. It's Adam. He did it for the film reels, um, which I feel like was really stupid of him. I mean, I thought he was sketchy the whole time. I love the... Those are the little alpacas. Can I go to Peru and just live among the llamas? Yeah. He did it um, with a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Why did he, like, slit his throat? Like, was he that upset about it? Enter first name only. Yeah, we, we found it. it. All right. Oh, wow. This is a nice long article. Oh, wow. <laughs> Port Able police have confirmed that a suspect has confessed to the murder of movie theater owner and manager Chris Hodgson. The Northwest Echo has found out that the culprit was the victim's cousin, Adam Polk, who snuck into the movie theater on the night of the 31st during the annual Halloween Horror Fest. Police said the culprit became suspicious after irregularities in his interview with police detective Alex Baker and later confessed during a subsequent interrogation. Recovered from the culprit's apartment in Portland, Oregon was a collection of film cans containing rare vintage films which had been stolen from a safe in the victim's office. The culprit had planned to sell the films for a substantial amount to, the clear, to clear the debts he had accrued when his web design business failed. According to one officer, the defendant had been told about the films and how to open the safe by his grandfather, who had run the theater previously. It seems the victim never bothered to change the combination on the safe lock. The defendant was clearly in a desperate situation and was also angered by the selfishness of his cousin, who has tried to keep the family inheritance for himself. Mm-hmm. Leaked evidence has revealed that Mr. Hodgson's led a complex and dark life behind closed doors. A letter from the trucker Samuel Young, a.k.a. Samuel Poltergeist, uncovered a gambling habit where Mr. Hodgson had placed a large bet of $5,000 on a single game of chess. But far worse with, was... Mm, but far worse than the gambling was Chris's involvement with local drug smugglers. Oh, it says town, landmark, and web of corruption. Really? Um, Adam did everyone a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the police investigation into the murder of Chris Hodgson has revealed the Hodgson's theater was the heart of a drug smuggling operation involving an orca watching tour company, Washington Wall Watching Tours, run by Tomoko Ito. Miss Ito used her tour boat to run drugs from Canada to the United States across the Salish Sea, passing them on to her friend at Hodgson's Theater under the pretense of seeing her boyfriend, Hodgson's Theater projectionist Godfrey Jones. Mr. Hodgson's blackmailed the drug dealers in return for his silence to increase revenues at the theater. Police are now on the lookout for Miss Ito as well as her fellow drug runner, Louis Cameron, who have both fled town. Oh. This news has come as a shock to the people of the town. Sheena Hodgson Marks, sister of the victim and great-granddaughter of the theater's founder, said, It's a terrible thing to hear. My brother's despicable actions can surely do nothing but sully the reputation of an institution that has been part of this town for almost 100 years. Conversely, many of the theater staff have spoken and supported the theater's continued existence. One concession stand worker said, I don't think people will hold what Mr. Hodgson's and Zill uh, Godfrey did against the theater. Chris's sister just wants to knock the place down so she can build on the land. Theater staff have told the Northwest Echo that they have written to the Washington State Historic Register to have the building protected as a historic site, an effort to maintain the theater as part of the town. Well, I love the story. I mean, I'm all for the family business and everything, but like... I wanted to read what Luke had to say. Oh, Oh, he was like, I'm glad you enjoyed the game. (laughs) Basically, yeah. I just wonder why he picked that that picture. That photo? (laughs) We solved the case. Process I, of elimination. I by noon. Hey, I, t- I know. I looked at the clock and I was like, "Good job, guys." Hey, hey, this <laughs> is the twelve oh one. This is the first time I have not been like completely lost. So it's actually. Oh, I was pretty lost. It took us a hot second to reestablish where we were. <laughs> 
That one's a lot tougher than the other ones. I think I still like the other ones because I do you too. have the different things you need to solve. So maybe around Christmas time we can do one of those. Soon. Yeah, I like those because you have steps of yeah. goals you can hit to figure out another hint. Mm-hmm. I like those better too. This one it's like, here's this information. <laughs> Here you go. Go this one was a level three out of five. Yes. Yeah. You're gone. Level four. I know. You wanna one know like you wanna know five. something? I actually like this one better. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I mean, I knew it was Adam all along because I was like, mm. like, as soon as I saw Poke, I was like, he did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was on the recording last time, but I was like, he did it. Who did I say it was? Oh, I said it was a sister. Just yeah, I yeah to. you did. But anyway, we had fun. I hope y'all enjoyed this. I'm sorry it was a bit more serious today. We were ready to crack the case. And we did. We did it. We're not as stupid as we may seem. Everyone's like it was obvious <laughs> the entire time i mean we were like oh his alibi is sketchy that whole time but you got to make sure you have yeah in place. i mean sometimes alibis schmalibis you know what i mean like it still could it still might not have yeah, been yeah circumstantial evidence doesn't hold it well in court <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well thanks for listening yeah. and um See you next time when we start the new season. Start the new season, which we're actually about to record. Yay! Anyway, love you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. to get my reference mr f arrested development no one no i knew it's mr f this must the be... other day i was like full british oh there's a, a picture of the text child in the back oh, that's british nice. only.